Hey, welcome to Oasis Singles. My name is Pastor Dave, and I'm so excited you're here. By the way, this site is not just about Christian dating service reviews and so forth, but it's also about life advice, all things Christian single. We have articles, we have interactive ways that you can get in touch with each other, and we also have podcasts that are all about the Christian life. I hope you enjoy our site, and I hope you enjoy the podcast you're about to listen to right now. We're in our series, Spring Cleaning. Spring Cleaning. And you know, this Tuesday, it's very interesting. This Tuesday, how I propose this. This Tuesday, cleanup week, junk week, they call it, in Scotch Plains, starts uh, Tuesday. And the idea for junk week, and I used to live in Scotch Plains, you throw out all your old junk, all the stuff that you thought was so precious to you, Right? And then maybe a year or two later, ah, this piece of junk, who needs this crap over here? I'm chucking that, I'm kicking that thing out, and it's going to the curb, and then some other poor guy is looking at it as a treasure. That's what we used to do in my family. My dad, as I said, used to drive around looking for junk. And the whole idea of this whole series is we need to clean out the junk in our lives that are holding us back from following Jesus, that are holding us back from having a joyful life, that are holding us back from experiencing all that God wants us to experience in our lives. You know, God has a plan for your life. He wants you to experience Him. He created you for a purpose. Thank you. Thank you. He created you for um, a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify Him and to enjoy Him forever. And when we when we get circuited from that, all screwy things happen in our lives. So today we're actually going to be talking about talking about break. God, isn't God amazing? Yes. We didn't know she was going to Paulette was going to sing that song, "Break Every Chain." But today we're going to talk about breaking the chains of idol worship in our lives. And I know a lot of, I don't, well, a lot of us are thinking certain things like idol worship. I don't idol worship. I'm not one of those pagans out there. Uh, recently, a couple of years ago, I went to a, a temple, a Gujarati a Hindu temple, and they had the, um, the goddess of, uh, oh, there you are, Ganesh. The goddess of Ganesh, they call it the elephant god. And now we in the Western culture will think, will look at that and go, what's wrong with these people? They actually worship this thing? They actually, it's one of the pantheon, in the pantheon of gods in Hinduism. It's the god of beginnings. Uh, if you need some kind of blessing on, on a new venture, they'll pray to Ganesh and offer offerings to, to, that, to that goddess. And to us in this culture, we'll look at that and go, these guys, man, they're, they're kind of like, I'm, I'm a little off, but they're really off. And, but are we any different than they are? And we're going to see today that we're not different at all, not even a little bit different at all. And kind of like, uh, how about Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones, who saw Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Almost everyone, I see some hands that are not up, that did not see Indiana Jones. It's a great movie, go see it. Um, this idea here of Indy, in the beginning, the beginning is crazy amazing. The beginning, here he is, he's in this temple, or no, this cave or whatever, and he's going to get this idol. And he'll do anything to get the idol. He, he left his uh, archaeology job, to, and he goes into this place, and he sees that, remember that golden idol 
sitting right on top of the stand and he wanted that at all cost. And when he got it, all hell broke loose because everything started closing in around him and he barely could get out of there with his life. We're going to see today, uh, basically he was an idol worshiper. Basically, we're going to see today, we're going to define what idol worship is. We're going to look at the genesis of idol worship. Where does that come from? Where does it come from in our hearts that we would worship idols? And then we're going to look at the effects of idol worship. And then we're going to look at how do we deal with idols in our life? How do we break those chains of idol worship? So let's talk about what in the world is idol worship. And we see a great definition of idol worship is this. An idol basically is anything that occupies our life, that fills our heart uh, more than God. Anything that we put ahead of God in our life is an idol. It could be totally anything. Anything that we put our time, our money, our treasure before God, that in scriptural terms is an idol. Now, there's many different types of idols in our lives. In our Western culture, I, I really could put them into three things. There's pleasure as an idol. And then there's, I would say, uh, power as an idol, and then prestige. All those different things come in different contexts. But let's talk about pleasure, for example. Pleasure. So let's talk about sex, because we're, you know, lust of the flesh. Um, how, many, how many of y'all like sex out here? Right. And then the ones that didn't raise their hand are liars. <laughs> But we see sex has been an idol in our society. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that's really uh, tearing up families, tearing up lives. Right now, there's probably someone in this room right now addicted to pornography. Don't be looking at me. I was that I, years ago. I, I, I you know, I, there, there was an issue when the internet first came out. I didn't. I didn't. Um, wow, they have this stuff on computers. I didn't even know. Because <laughs> before then, you had to go to like a quick check or somewhere oh, for a for a one of those magazines, and you had to like kind of like I'd like one of those magazines over there, and you had to like um, kind of like you know hide your face. Not that I did that, but. <laughs> But the idea is uh, addiction to sex, addiction, it tears apart families, it tears apart lives, uh, affairs, uh, adulterous relationships, it tears apart, and as I said when I was in family court for 26 years, uh, is that it, it, I've seen the, the, the refuse of what happens in these situations. And may, all we think about is, is you know, pleasure. And, it, it, and it, food is the same thing. Food. Some of all, y'all are, are you're, you're worshiping food. All you think about is food. Right now, you're not even paying attention to this message because you're thinking about Manny's right now. <laughs> or Burger King. Is Burger King more important than a message? Sometimes. <laughs> oh, you're thinking about the beach. Why did I come here? I could have had the sun right now. I could be worshiping the sun, and some of you are sun worshipers. And don't I have a nice tan, by the way? I noticed that I wore white on purpose because I figure my tan's coming in. So, uh, 
you know, we want to look good, don't we? Some of us worship ourselves. We worship how we look. Hey, man, look at me, man. Look at all my uh, tats. I don't have any tats. At least none that you could see. And, um, you know, but we worship ourselves. We're really thinking about it. We're going to see it. You know, so we're looking at these things where we're going, yeah, we're laughing, but deep inside, some of these things are actually destroying us because some of us are actually looking for attention so deeply. We're looking to be accepted so deeply that we'll do things, we'll behave a certain way where we'll betray who we are as a Christian. We'll betray our own dignity. Some of us are so into popularity and, and the power that goes along with it and the prestige that goes along along with it, that we will sacrifice our own bodies for that. I can't tell you, on our online dating sites, a single site, Oasis Singles, by the way, um, we have people uh, writing us saying, you know, I gave my body away. I wanted to be accepted by this guy. I wanted to earn his love. And it became all important. An idol is something that's all important, something that you, you, you desire so dearly that you would give up everything for it and you would put it ahead of God. And the insidious thing about an idol is not all the time, but sometimes in and of themselves, these things can be good. Like who doesn't like sex? Who doesn't like money, for example? There's another idol. Who, who loves money? Who likes money in this place? Who loves money? Who loves money? If you love money, you have a problem. Because God says the root of most evil is the love of money. But money has a place. We all need money to survive. But when we make that the ultimate thing, when we put that ahead of God, we, and, and it comes out, you know, Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money and expect to follow me. God doesn't work like that. And so in our lives, all these things over time is insidious because even being a pastor can be an idol. I mean, it's crazy how... John Calvin, uh, Calvin said um, that in each heart we're, we're, we have this factory. It is called an idol-making factory. All of us in our hearts, if we're not, because of who we are, because we're going to see the beginning of idol worship, in our hearts, it all goes back to the garden. In our hearts, we desire to be worshipped ourselves. We desire to have control. And so, you know, when we started Oasis Church, it, and I've confessed this, that, was, that became an idol to me. Isn't that crazy how something great can become an idol over time? Kind of like a lobster that you're going to cook. I don't like lobster, but um, I don't like them. But you put it in a pot and you boil it, and over time, right, they don't even know they're getting boiled. Some of us today don't realize our lives are being destroyed by idols over time because uh, we're like lobsters in a pot. We are totally taken in by idols and we don't even realize it. And that's why we're, this is so important. We need to kick out, knock out idols from our lives. And so you can fill in the blank about idols. We're going to do a little test. Uh, Sam, go, go down to some of those questions I have, maybe in slide nine. Here's a test to see if you're uh, an idol worshiper. For example, uh, where do you go for your comfort? Where's the first thing you go to when you've had a hard day? Do you go to McDonald's or do you go to Jesus? Do you go to masturbation 
or do you go to Jesus? Do you go to porn or do you go to Jesus? Do you go to, um, you look at your bank account, oh no, my life is falling apart, my bank account, or do you go to Jesus? Yesterday I was talking to my daughter-in-law, Brookie, uh, who, um, uh, she was a teacher in the Milburn school system, and when the crash came in 2008, she said, more than a few people who were quite well off took their lives. They took their lives because their God was money. Because when everything crashed, when their money crashed, they thought, oh, my life is over. What do you, what do you fear losing the most today? And this is, this is kind of interesting because, of course, if you lost a family member, you would grieve. It would be horrible. But at the same time, if you're a believer in Jesus, all hope is not lost. If you're a believer in Jesus, you still have hope for tomorrow. You still have hope for eternal life. If you're a believer in Jesus, even if you were to, God forbid, suffer some, some illness, you have Jesus. And uh, whose approval are you seeking? Are you, proving, are you looking for the approval of the world? which is really a trap, it's really idol worship. And it's sad because are we all really looking for love and meaning in our lives? Are we looking for purpose in our lives? When we do things for attention or if we're you know, on a career, don't, isn't the end of all that that we just want to enjoy life to the max? And so it's insidious how an idol can, the very thing we're going to see, the very thing that we think will be our, um, our end all, becomes instead a destructive force in our lives. And this is how idol worship works. And to me, it's amazing. I confess that when we started Oasis, a good thing became a bad thing because over time it became, the, you know what no one, an idol becomes an idol? Is that when it's something good, becomes something, the ultimate thing. And that's why we have young guys that want to be pastors, and I, I, I'm very hard on them, because <clears throat> quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, church world is filled with, um, at least from my perspective, filled, and myself included, filled with people who are emotionally unhealthy and are looking for power and prestige, and they come and they think, oh, I could come up here, and that's where I'm going to get my ultimate worth from. Or I'm going to base my my value on Sunday attendance. That's a joke. I used to do that too. I would be very happy when we had an overflow, and I'd be very depressed when we had a, an underflow. And recently, one, one guy, the guy from a New Spring Church, 40,000 members, but that wasn't enough. And he, he had to have more. One of the keys of it all, you need more, it never ends, and we're going to see this. But the idea here is he ended up becoming an alcoholic because he couldn't take the pressure. He felt pressure to grow, grow, grow. Some of us feel pressure to become more rich, 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 and so forth. So that's, that, you see the insidiousness of an idol? So we're going to look at some scriptures, and the first thing, uh, I think the next uh, scripture would be in Exodus. And this is where uh, God himself, he says this, uh, this is the first commandment, 
And I find it interesting that the Lord God put in the scripture the first commandment being, you know, do not, do not worship idols. Because everything, if you worship idols in your life, all these other commandments can follow. If you're into money, well, you might steal. If you're into, uh, uh, um, you know, pleasure, you might, you might murder, commit adultery. All these flow from this one, this one thing here. And you'll see there, he says, the first thing he says, and this is a little translation, he says, you must not have any other God, small g, before my face. I mean, that's very interesting. And he says, you must not make for yourself an idol. Idols are self-made. And this is in, in part of creation. You make it an idol. This idea of be, something before your face is very interesting. We see here, if you read the scripture there, that our God is a, is a jealous God. But not in the way we're jealous, but almost in the way, in the sense that it's like, hey, you know, I bought you with a price. I died for you. I suffered for you on the cross. I bled for you on the cross. And how dare you go out with someone else? That's what this means. Don't, I don't want, don't be showing me some other lover in front of me. You're, I'm, you're my lover. I bought you. That's what he's saying here. I don't want you to be with anyone else. You're mine and I'm yours. Amen. When you do this, you're, and, and Hosea 2.14 says you're acting like a whore. He uses that term. Literally uses that term. You're, you're, acting, you're playing around. You're, you're sleeping around on me. And I don't like it. And not only that, I'm not going to tolerate it. He says there. And so if you think you could get away with idol worship, and if you're a believer, if you're not a believer today, this doesn't really apply to you um, because, um, because you don't claim to be a Christian. So, but if you are a believer today, if you are part of the covenant that, of God, that he's calling us to a higher way. He's calling us to a way of life that gives us meaning and hope. And he's saying, don't, don't cheat on me. Don't cheat on me. Who likes to be cheated on in this room? No, no one likes to be cheated on. And that's, that's exactly what he's saying here. So the very first, the very first uh, commandment is what it is. But I want to look at, it's very easy to say, okay, sex is my idol. And some of us would agree. You know, don't raise your hand. I don't want to bear. Someone said, hey, I have, a, I have a porn problem and it's eating up my life. It's taking me away from my family. Like my church, the church I'm tending, took me away from my own family for seven years because I couldn't, I missed, as I told you previously, I missed my own little girl who just graduated college. I missed her, uh, her life. I was there, but not there. Maybe you're, you're a workaholic and you're there, not there. You're out seeking power somewhere. You want to be in control. It's all about, isn't power all about control? Some of us are very controlling in this room. We want to be in charge. That's an idol. Why? Why, why do we turn to these things? Why do, why do guys turn to porn? And girls too. Why do we turn to things like, why do we turn to material possessions as if that's the ultimate? Why do we do these things? I want to talk about that because if we don't discuss the heart issue, we're going to just repeat, we're going to repeat it over and over. I see this a lot. One person will get out of one addiction, 
but because they're not dealing with the heart problem, that addiction will become another addiction. And some of us can say, yes, I've experienced that. So you might get out of one addiction and you go into the next because you're not dealing with the heart problem. When we look at the things like um, idol worship of sex, uh, money, uh, power, we're really just looking at the external symptom, not the heart issue. And in our hearts, we, we all ache for this meaning in our lives, this, this love in our lives, this, this relationship in our lives that we don't have. We want to we wanna be worth something. You know what worship means? In the English, well, in the Greek, it means to bow down and give homage. That you put, whatever you're bowing down to, you're putting such value on that, that you just want to bow down and, and literally kiss, kiss the hand of, of that thing or person. That's, that's worship. In the Old English, worship means worth giving. Worth giving. It's worth giving. Jesus, you're worth giving my whole life too. Jesus, I don't understand it all, but you're worth more than sex. You're worth more than money. You're worth more than power, than position, than a job. Big deal. I'll lose my job. Though you slay me, Lord, yet will I trust you. This is the attitude that God is looking for our hearts. And it's the only way we're going to be satisfied. Because you will never, we're going to see, you will never be satisfied idol worshiping. You know it. You know it because you get it. And here's the thing. When people um, get something, you know, they realize after a while, just like that junk they kicked out on junk week, when they first got it, this is great. I'm going to be happy now. I have my PlayStation 4 or whatever it is. But then after a while, it wears off. After a while, the, the, the amazing... Um, power of even sex wears off and then you look for something else because it doesn't it doesn't satisfy your own mate will not satisfy you your own um, and whatever it's a career you fill in the blank it's not going to satisfy you even when you get it and and the, the 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 danger here is most of us have not had a huge amount of success in our lives not to the extent of hollywood but let's look at Hollywood, for example. Look at the number of suicides that are coming out of Hollywood. You would think, like, well, they have everything. Why are people taking their lives left and right in Hollywood? Why is that going on? They have it all. I wish I had that. I wish I won the lottery. I wish I had this or that or this or that. And that's covetousness, which God says is idolatry. And, 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 and then... For those people who do get it, like Solomon in Ecclesiastes, read, read Ecclesiastes. There's a dude, the wisest dude in the world, so we have to say, if this guy knows what he's talking about, he says, I've been there and done that. I had it all, guys. Hey, you want sex? Guess what? I had a concubine of 300 women. I could take my pick day and night, blonde, brunette, Asian, black, white. I had it all, and it's all vain. I built the biggest castles in the world. Anything I saw, prestige, power, anything I saw, I put my eyes to, I had, I took, I did this, I did that, I took it all. It's vain. But we don't believe that, do we? Deep inside, most of us do not believe what Solomon writes. We believe, well, maybe if I had that situation, I would be satisfied. 
That's the truth. That's how we think. Give me one more dollar, Lord. Give me one more person, Lord. Give me one more experience, Lord. Give me some more power. Look at the politicians we have to... It's power, 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 and nothing satisfies. And our lives are like that. Let's look at the root of that. It goes back to the garden. You know, God created us for a relationship with Him. He gave us everything in the garden. There was perfection in the garden. He gave us... Look, he gave us everything, Adam and Eve, perfect creations. Uh, they were perfect. And he says, you can do it all. Do anything you want. Have fun. Have all the pleasure you want. Have all the joy you want. And have this, I want this relationship with you. I created you for relationship, for, for, for this intimacy. The same intimacy now that we're running after in different places. Looking for love at all the wrong places. That's what we, we, we do that. We go, why did I do that? Why do I do this? Goes back to here. And he says, I want you to rule over this. Yeah. He says, I want you, you want power? I'll give you power. Rule over this whole creation here. Take it all. Have fun with your, with your wife. Have as much sex as you want. Have, have all the joys and pleasures you want. Rule over all this stuff. It's all yours. Just don't touch this thing. This one thing. Don't touch it. What does she do? And he do? They touch it. And then they eat it. And from there, the very thing, and this is what's interesting to me, the root of all idol worship is we want to be God. They didn't believe, we said this a few weeks ago, they didn't believe, Eve didn't believe, she believed Satan and thought God was holding out on her. Idol worship comes from us not having the view, not trusting in God, not trusting that God knows best for us, not believing, not believing in our hearts, truly believing, truly understanding that all can be made great in Jesus Christ. That all our needs are in Jesus. When Jesus says, you know, I am the bread of life. If you come after me, you're never going to hunger. You know, that hunger he's talking about is this inner thing that we all have, don't we? We have this inner thing that's eating at us. No matter how, what success we might have. No matter, even my, in my own, you know, grow, I'm growing a business and it is blowing up like crazy. Does that bring contentment? No, it does not bring contentment. No matter what we have, there's this inner hole in our hearts that only He can fix, Amen. that only He Amen. can fill. And that's why this is so important to understand the root of all idol worship. We need to make a conscious decision to say, hey, Jesus, I, I need to get rid of these things because they're destroying me. We're going to see further. They're destroying me, and I need to come back to the beginning of how it should be. How it should be is he wants us to rule over the world, to rule over creation, and he did that. But what does man do? He denies God. He thinks he knows better. He distrusts the Lord, that the Lord knows best. So he puts, wanting that power, wanting that prestige for himself, he then tries something, well, maybe I'll eat this fruit and I'll be like God. They, he, of course, they believe the, the lie that, uh, of Satan. And ever since that time, creation in all of us, because that's our bloodline, it's in our blood, guys, to go off, to go astray. We're all like sheep that have gone astray because of sin. We've all screwed up. 
And we're in desperate need of a Savior. We're in desperate need of some kind of reversal of this curse that happened at the fall. But what did we do? We decided, and this I find this fascinating. So God says, hey, I want you to rule over the world. I want you to rule over creation. But look what, look what, what idol worship is. It's the worship of created things instead. And there's the, there's the next scripture. Go to Romans 1.25. He says, so what we did is we had all this stuff going on. Go to Romans, uh, Romans 1.25, bro. And... Um, Thank you. We, what they did was they exchanged. We exchanged. The moment we choose an idol, we're exchanging the truth about God and for a lie, and we're worshiping. We're giving, we're, we're giving worth. To another bowing down to these other things uh, and serve the creature, that's creation. It could be a person, a place, a thing, an idol, money, sex, you name it, rather than the creator. You see that exchange that went on? He says, I want you to rule over this. Instead, what we do, oh no, that's not good enough. We want something more. So we're going to instead reverse that whole thing. And instead of uh, worshiping God, we worship creation. And instead of that here, and now we're going to see the effects of this. The effects of this has been horrible on our own lives. It's been horrible on society. And how amazing it is that, you know, people say, oh, our society is evolving. We're not evolving. We're devolving. <laughs> They're not evolving. In the beginning of time, it was perfect. Now, at the fall, we're devolving. And now, and the scriptures say in Romans that because of this, our, our minds have become darkened. What, what is evil in God's sight, we call good. And, and society says one thing. and We have to go with society because, hey, we're evolved. But God's word says, we, you're not, this is eternal. My laws are eternal. My ways are eternal. If you want real, real joy in your life, there's only one way. It's my way, and it's by way of the cross. Amen. It's by way of the cross. And, and so we see these horrible sins that are being committed in our society that people are justifying. The murders of innocent children that are unborn. 60 million children have been killed, murdered. I'm not a politician, and I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to give this message that God put on my heart. And it's time, and I don't care if every one of you all walk out of here today. I am done pleasing crowds. And it's not about me. It's not about me, and I'm not looking for adulation. I don't want to be responsible for any of you guys going to hell. I don't want to be responsible for sharing a tickle in ears. Like it says in the end times, if you read the scriptures, in the end times, it will become churches and pastors. Who, they want to tickle people's ears, guys. They want to tell you a lie because they want more people in their church and more money. And they want this, this thing uh, somehow in their heart, whatever it is. And they want to please men more than pleasing God. That's called idol worship. I'm done with that. I used to do. I'm being honest. I was an idol worshiper. No more. I mean, in that area. You can still pray for the sex part. <laughs> the fact is, we're all we all need help. We're all we're all in this together. 
But let's be honest with each other. Let's examine what's really in our heart. And then we believe the lie. Some of us have some people say, oh, I'm, I'm just not worth anything. I'm a loser. I'm this. I'm that. Because they're living that way. They're, they're believing in your value that way rather than what God says. He said, I want to make you something special. I want to give you a meaning in life. I want to have this intimacy with you, this relationship. And you see how it works, right? So this is the beginning. This is where it all starts. And this is why um, we, we see what's going on. And so the genesis of idol worship is the fact that we choose. We don't believe God. We choose our own way instead of God's way. So, uh, and I'm not picking on, hey, listen, I want to say one thing. If anyone has had an abortion in this room, we are not, we love you. We love you. I've done more things. I have, I have committed almost every sin in the book. And there's a lot of sins. <laughs> and I, we'll, we'll go and share them later on. I don't want to share. But the point is, is that, the point is, is that the Lord forgives. That he wants us to be washed. That he wants us to, it's not where you've been, it's where you're going in Jesus. That counts. There should be compassion. I'm not a politician, so. But there should be compassion, but truth and love. That's all I'm saying. We need to have truth in love. Truth in love. And that, that's, that's, that's what it is. I can't change. That's, that's my job here, right? Why? Let's go to the next thing, the worship connection here. Why do we have a need to worship? We have a need to worship because, go to that next slide, because um, God, as I said, put us with this hole in our hearts. There's this hole in our hearts that if you're not worshiping God, like, like Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody. And not only you got to, you want to serve something. It's in your nature to serve something. You're either serving yourself, you're serving another person, bowing down to this other jerk that you, maybe you think is your, the love of your life and is using you. And then they're going to leave you and they're going to be broken because they were all the meaning, they were the ultimate in your life. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Let's just get real. Yep. Because the human heart, uh, uh, we continually seek a place of meaning, a place of, 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 a place of, of hope. But Jesus says, I'm the only hope. So that test, go on to the next slide. That test, so where, where is your comfort today? Where, where, you know, where do you make the most sacrifices for? Is it for Jesus and the gospel and having him, you know, people know him because you love them? Or is it, are you, are you seeking it somewhere else? Where's your treasure today? What are you doing with your money today? Is it for Jesus or yourself? Good test. Sobering test. That's where your idol is. That's why Jesus was so... This guy said, hey, hey, I did. I do this, Lord. I do that, Lord. I do this, Lord. The rich young ruler said, hey, just one thing. Give me all your riches. This, he, he, of course, Jesus, I, I guarantee you, Jesus would have given those riches back to him. But we hold on so tight to our idols. In fact, some of you, I'm going to use the word sorry, but some of you are pissed off at me right now. Because you don't want to admit that you're an idol worshiper. Some of us are holding on. That's one of the things. You know, you ever see an addict? You tell an addict you have, you have an addiction? You're, it's an idol worship. And they'll say, no, I'm not. An, and they'll get upset with you. They'll yell at you and they'll, and they'll justify and rationalize it. This needs to be clean from the core, cut out like a root with repentance. Points about idol worship. 
is this. It doesn't, it's futile. It's futile because the more you have, the more you want. Just like Solomon said. There's a scripture, I love the scripture, it's really about idol worship. This is the Lord. He's saying, my people have committed two sins. He says, they've forsaken me. Look, forsaken me, uh, the fountain of living water, abandoned me, forsaken me. Why do you go to this? Why do you... For, for, for cisterns, look, that they dug. A cistern is like an idol, right? It's like a well, but it's really, it's in here, he's talking as an idol. So here you have me, the spring of living water, who died for you on the cross. I gave you everything. And you're going to say, screw you. I'm leaving you to go to my own. I'm going to make my own God, my own idol. Now I'm going to get meaning there. That's my ultimate there. And that there can't even hold water. Amen. So he's saying, why do you do that? Why do I do that? Because of sin. Only, only repentance can bring us back to Jesus. Every sin can be forgiven. Every idol can be kicked out if we are admitted and are not afraid to say, hey, you know what? I'm an idol worshiper. And know what Jesus is going to say? Come home. He's going to say, come home. It's okay. You know, that's why I died for you, daughter. That's why I died for you, son. <laughs> I look at you as a virgin. You might have been someone who, who has been all over creation looking for love in those places being used. And God says, hey, you come home to me. In my eyes, you're a virgin. In my eyes, you're perfect. Don't allow the world to tell you anything different. I get people all the time online saying, man, I'm so dirty. I'm so dirty. I know what I'm doing is wrong. And I'm just so unclean. Jesus is saying, come home. He welcomes up with open arms. That's the heart of God. That should be our heart toward, toward the world. That should be our heart toward each other. But it doesn't satisfy. It's just there. It's addictive. Next thing, it's addictive, as we know it. We're kind of like just, just putting a summary to the end of the message. And then um, it's destructive to yourself and to others. There's a scripture, the last part of that first command says this thing. He says, uh, he says, the sins of the parents. This is where Jesus says, don't have anybody before my face and don't worship idols. Don't bow down to them. Don't put them ahead of me. Don't worship them. Worship, don't, they're not, they shouldn't be worth more than me. Right. And he says, he says, look, look at the effect. He says, there's going to be an effect because uh, and I see this in families. I see this when I was in, at, at the courts where the sins of the parents follow to the kids. You want to bless your kids? Get right with God. Amen. You want to bless your kids? Amen. Kick out your idols. If you, want, if you want your kids not to grow up as messed up as you are, listen, we had a saying this behind closed doors in the courthouse. The fruits don't fall far from the tree. You know what I mean? So if you want your kids to grow up in the right way, then we need to get cleansed. We need some spring cleaning in our hearts from Jesus. And, and you know, I made a lot of, and I, I think about this a lot with my kids because some of them are not with the Lord right now. And I'm thinking, what did I do, Lord? I'm thinking, and I think back to my, my father and my grandfather and all that. Don't think there's no such thing as generational curses. There are. But the power of Jesus breaks every chain, like Paul had said. So the idea here is there's an effect that, that will follow you in your life. If you look at your kid and he's screwed up, maybe you should look in the mirror. 
Just saying it like it is. Start with repentance. Start with yourself in your own heart saying, forgive me, Lord, for being an idol worshiper. Because maybe they're not worshiping the same idol you are, but the spirit of idol worship is in the house. It has to be knocked out. It has to be eradicated from the root out. This is heart stuff here. We're not talking about putting a band-aid on something. We're talking about um, this. And then, so what do we do with this? I, you know, here's, here's an amazing story of hope. So I have two children that are not with the Lord right now. And you can pray for them. And I shared a lot with, about um, my son, Tim. I'm very open. I'll share my stuff with you. You know, I, I weep for him. <laughs> We weep for him uh, all the time. On my knees, says, Lord, please open his eyes to, to idol worship. And Lord, forgive me for whatever I did in my own idol worship where I forgot about him during his formative years starting a good thing at church. But I forgot about him because I, I got so into it like the lobster. I, I, I was deceived. It's insidious. All of our idols are insidiously deceptive. Right? And, and I said, Lord, please, I pray for those. You can pray. And I'll, let's covenant together. Pray for each other. Pray for our kids. But uh, the one uh, film we're going to show is an old one I showed before, but most of you haven't seen it because we've had turnover over the years. And my one son, Jesse, who I just went yesterday, he's a, 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 a pastor in training over at the Messianic congregation that I went to yesterday. Uh, he had an amazing turnaround. He was, uh, as you know, a lot of you, not all, uh, not most. He was on the road. He was into, he, he, he you know, he came home from the, um, the road one day and I looked at him and I, he had the long hair. It wasn't the long hair. I had long hair too. I wish I still had it. <laughs> And, uh, and he looked like an animal. He'd been on the road, and he, they, they, did, they were starving on the road as a musician. And he didn't have anything. And I looked at him in Fountain Blue Diner in Piscataway. And I said, Jesse, what happened to you? Son, you need to read the Bible. I didn't know what to say. I said, read the Bible. He says, oh, Dad, the Bible. I don't need, I've read that already. What do you do with that? You just pray. And you weep before God. And, and I thought, well, this is me because, you know, you know, because, you know, part of it is like in the house, you know? And... And then I never forget a dollar bill drops to the ground, and they they do what they call the uh, five dollar discount on the road, which is steal five finger discount. Thank you. They would just steal to, to eat. They were starving on the road, and he saw a dollar bill, and he was all like dirty. You know, they didn't change on the road. His hair was greasy down, and you couldn't even see through the hairs with the eyes. You know, we're looking through the hair, and he saw a dollar drop to the ground, and and he says, "Dad, could I have that?" And I said, "Yeah." And he like scooped it up like it was his idol and put it in his pocket. That made me cry. <laughs> it did. It made me cry because I saw he was so far from God and, and that he, and he needed him so desperately. The amazing news is God answers prayer. Yes. The amazing news is God breaks chains. The amazing news is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, among whom I'm chief, 
but he came into the world to save sinners. If you're here today, what's holding you back from Jesus? Let's get real together with Jesus. And some of you might need to repent today. And I want us to come up here and we could pray together. We could go in the back room because some of us need Jesus. But the amazing thing is I didn't do anything at all. Pastor Vince and I and Lily, a few other of us, thank you. Good year. We prayed in his room when he was on the road. He said, Lord, touch this boy. Do something with it. And when I see him today, what God has done in his life, don't tell me the power of God's not real. Don't tell me the gospel's not real. Don't tell me God is not sovereign. Because when he calls someone, he calls you. And some of you are trying to resist him, but you're not going to resist him. He's going to draw. He's like the, the spirit. One of the theologians said he's the hound dog of heaven. He's going to like sniff you out. He's going to, one way or another, he's calling you. So you might as well come now the easy way or come the hard way. But I know he's calling some of you today, right now. But here's a video back in 2000. 13, when Jesse first became a believer, and I, the, the amazing thing is that I'm going to close, the band can come up after this, uh, but what, what we're going to pray is that um, one day he came off the road and we had been praying for him, and it was early in the morning and there's a crack in his room and um, I, I, I go in and I I thought I saw him praying, but I wasn't sure because he got up real fast. And then we had an Easter Sunday service in in the um, in a tent service actually at Mountainside where we used to meet. And I was behind the soundboard with some of the dudes, and I saw a guy praising the Lord like this, just like it. tears coming down his cheeks. I go, who is that guy? Because I'm always looking for new people at the church. <laughs> Back then, I wanted to grow the church. Like, no matter, to, hey, I'm going to get that guy. I'll put, him in, put him in the sound machine or something. And they go, I don't know. I didn't know either because I couldn't tell from the back. I go to the front and it's my son. My son. So wildly, I forget how we did this, but wildly I asked him his testimony. We were talking about idols. It just so happens, and I'm sorry for the repeat for those of you, Tommy and Emily, you saw this a thousand times probably. But, um, and Greg too. <laughs> but we're going to show this little video, and then we're going to close with this one scripture. And the band can come up. You can put the video on. So an idol, an idol, I would say, is basically anything that you would go to before God, uh, that you put your trust in instead of God. Like, it could be money. Like, if you have an issue, you know, do you go to God first, or do you say, oh, I have all this money to fix the problem first, or is that your comfort, you know, that I have all this money saved up, so that's my comfort, or, or it could be anything. It doesn't have to be money. It could be anything, honestly. For me, it was my band, you know, that was like my source of like self-worth and like it was everything I basically lived for, you know, and that was my comfort, like no matter what happens to my life, at least I have this band 
you know, at least we're signed and at least we're on tour all the time. And like, you know, that was my comfort and like, that was kind of what I went to for everything in a weird way. God convicted me of that and a whole bunch of other things, a bunch of other idols in my life. There are a lot of idols in my life. Even just even just practicing guitar for eight hours a day was an idol. I had to do that. I was in bondage to that. And exercise became an idol for me. And music became an idol for me. Even my own pride became an idol for me where like if my point of view or, or my pride I, I valued it higher than God's point of view or, or God's word I valued my word higher than that and I would go to that before I would go to God's word well Jesus is, is the reason I'm here you know Jesus is the reason everything is here you know Jesus is everything everything was made by him and for him and you know He's, he's the only way where we can really have that security that we're looking for in all these idols. He's the only true God that you can put your faith in to have security in your life. And He's the only thing you can trust in and trust in it 100%, you know? Man. <laughs> We're gonna call the, there's a band, right? Come up. <laughs> so there's one last scripture I want to share. You know, the whole this whole the whole tapestry of scripture is after the fall, God has been calling his people away from idols. In fact, you can the theme of the whole scripture is God calling us from idols into his wonderful light. Calling us from darkness into his wonderful light. Uh, in fact, it says here in Thessalonians, uh, Paul says, you know, you turn to God from idols to serve the living. Look, not the fake stuff, not the stuff that doesn't satisfy, but the living and true God. And we wait for his son, Jesus. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. He's going to make everything right. And what I want to do is challenge you today. I want to challenge you. I'm going to be up here. If you have an idol in your life, I want you to come. We're, listen, it might take a process, but we're all in this together. Why don't we come up for some prayer? Let's have a prayer prayer time right up at this altar. I hope there's a good closing song with it. A prayer time here. If you're someone today that you're saying, wow, what, what in the world's going on here? I'm here, what am I doing here? And you're not sure about Jesus. I want you to give you the opportunity to say, Jesus, I don't understand all this stuff. and I, I love my idols, but I, I want to know you. He'll take you in. He'll start with you. He'll, he'll show you where you need to change. You come to Jesus. You surrender to him. You give him your heart because, look, he loves you. We love you. Do I look perfect to you? No one's perfect here. But we love Jesus and we're on a journey together. So I want you to come and talk to me or, or one of us, Mayfico, or some of us up here. Um, talk to um, this lovely lady here in the red, Stacy. I worry about Alzheimer's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and just come up and get some prayer because we love you amen we're going to be up here come on up don't allow pride to get in the way don't allow oh they're going to look at me we're not going to look at you look I just shared I just shared my stuff come on let's pray together come on Stacey.